Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, everybody. Welcome to Revolution. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you listening online as well. Welcome to everyone. Oh, so life has been very difficult lately for me. I just I've been dealing with a lot of depression, and I know that a lot of you guys deal with it too. And uh, appreciate all the thoughts and prayers. Those, you know, the kind words. They've been encouraging. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's just really tough to prepare things, to do things, to keep things moving when you're feeling depressed and you're feeling anxious as I have been lately. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to full, just try to try to be as completely transparent as possible with everybody that like life is not a walk in the park for me right now. And uh, I'm definitely going to a lot of therapy, though, getting help, connecting with people and professionals so I can hopefully deal with this. But it's an ongoing struggle, and it's been an ongoing struggle, especially for folks who've probably been longtime listeners know that this comes and goes. Um, Lately, it feels like it's not going anywhere, but, you know. Knock on wood. Um, so I thought I'd try to prepare something around that, but I didn't. Because <laughs> I'm going to be like, yay, though I walked through the valley of death. <laughs> but no, I decided to do something on grace, believe it or not. Kind of an oldie but goodie. Just talk about grace today. But just wanted to give you guys full disclosure about where I'm at. And uh Yeah. That's what's going on. Um, one of my favorite grace verses is in Ephesians. And uh, when I was young, I my 20s, late teens, early 20s, and starting revolution with friends, I was pretty convinced God had it out for me and uh, somehow made a mistake and that I was that mistake because uh, I felt like I couldn't do anything right. You know, I couldn't fill any of the expectations that the church had on me. Um, yeah. It was really, really tough. It was really discouraging. I, I just felt like, you know, how is this religion even possible? Maybe God made a mistake when God made me. And, uh, you know, so I actually started Revolution with a few friends and about probably eight or nine months into it, I I quit. I just said, I can't do this. And uh, quit because I felt like I just couldn't live up to the expectations anymore. 
We didn't know how to be good enough, you know. And because it was like also in your thought, you know, my friends were like, you know, God, God was Santa Claus, basically. You know, he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. <laughs> so be good for goodness sake, you know. So I had this whole image of this angry Santa Claus God following me around. And, uh, yeah, it was really tough. And a friend of mine confronted me on this whole view of God because I was living in this constant guilt, living guilty all the time. And uh, he said, you know, you're making Christ's death in vain, man. I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, it's about grace. It's not about works. It's not about what you can do. And I was like, ah, I don't know about that, you know. And uh, I wasn't reading a whole lot of the Bible at the time, and I I said, you know, prove it to me. And this is one of the verses that's kind of stuck out to me. It was in Ephesians 2, 8, where it says, For grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. Is a gift of God. And that blew my mind, you know. I thought I thought my salvation was all about me. I thought about it was all about what I could do. And no one had really told me that it was a gift, or if it was a gift, it was this type of gift that you know, someone gave you a car and then said, Okay here you go, here's your car. And you're like, oh, wow, a car. And then they're like, yep, and here's, where are we going to send the monthly bill to? You know, that kind of thing. You're like, wait, I thought it was a free gift. You're like, nope, you have to pay for it. And it kind of always felt like a bait and switch. And uh, so I think seeing seeing it in the, the scriptures, seeing the Bible say something different to me was, it's kind of mind-boggling, you know, because I was like, oh, it is good news. You know, there's a reason they call it good news, and I thought, I was really surprised by that because I thought it was all bad news, and that started to change things in my life. Um, I did not run out and join the church right away, but uh, back didn't start up Revolution for a little while longer. Um, I mean, I moved out of the state and... Got a job at the Gap. <laughs> Would you like some socks to match your T-shirt? <laughs> and uh, became a denim expert. Very proud of myself. Um, but yeah, so it, it took a little while. But verses like that really changed my life. And I, I read a little bit more of it. In 9 it says, Not the result of works so that no one may boast. You know, so there's no bragging. There's no boasting. Uh, Man, I'd felt like I'd grown up in a whole life filled of boasting, of people boasting about who they were and what they could do and what God did and what they did for God. And, you know, and sometimes I still see the boasting, you know, in social media, it's hard not to be like, 
a boaster and especially like about yourself you know when you're putting up selfies all the time and you're being like oh it was really tough speaking to 10,000 people last night (laughs) (laughs) boy am I tired (laughs) I'm just exhausted because I'm on the road all the time um Humble brags are my are my jam, because um, then I just get jealous. So yeah, isn't that fun? Just the humanity just comes out full force. Everybody's humanity just goes, bleh, bleh. you know. But that was the type of thing where I would have thought, oh, I'm so imperfect. But it's not based on my good deeds or my bad deeds. Is what the scripture was telling me. It goes on to say, for what we. What we are, what he has made us, created us in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So there are good works, but what we, what he has made us, created us in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before us, hands, before and hands, to be our way of life. So we were created to do good things and good works, but they, it has nothing to do with God, where I stand with God, where I stand in, in God's sight. Now, there's some other scriptures that might people might argue and say, well, look here, look here, look here. And then I'll go, okay, well, look here, look here, look here. You know, and we can argue all day long. But um, these are verses that I was, was like water for someone who was dehydrating in the desert. Um, and MXPX has a song with this verse in it, <laughs> which I always thought was kind of cool, called uh, I'm the Bad Guy. And it's like, legalistic people suck. <laughs> Legalism makes me sick. I wonder what makes it tick. Then it would go, Ephesians 2.8.9, clearly states for... <laughs> it's really funny. Funny, funny, but it's true. Um, I'm going to jump over to Colossians. Hey, I'm going to send out a search party. We're glad you're here. No, I <laughs> I know. And I have a talk to talk with the governor about the Yes. I have a talk with the governor about traffic. Fix those highways. Stop fixing the highways. We're fine with what they are. Pout holes are fine. Two lanes of traffic is fine. We don't need 85 lanes of traffic. For those who don't live in Minnesota... We are constantly under construction. Every freeway, every side street, every nook and cranny around your neighborhood is always under construction. It's the land of 10,000 construction sites. Yeah, I'll detour. We have a few lakes too. But we're known for our construction sites. What beautiful construction sites you've built for your gods. 
I'm sorry. Back to the sermon. It's just true. So frustrating. Um, I almost started talking about the weather because it's been so hot. How about that? Colossians. Luckily, people listen online know that I go into rabbit holes quite a bit. So we're safe there. Some more... More, more relevant than others, yeah. can't even remember the word relevant. Oh, depression, my friend. Thank you for ruining my memory. Um, Colossians 1, 15. This is another fun. Uh, 122 is one of my favorites. And I have it tattooed on my arm. But what's funny is, is when I first had him tattoo it, I, I thought it was 222. Yeah, there is no 222 except for on my arm for the rest of my life. Yes, yeah, special revelation, which the two is covered up to be a one, but it's still kind of fuzzy. Yeah, every day I get up and I just... Oh, I could write Galatians... I mean, Colossians 2.22. Maybe I'll do that. Oh, no, there is a 2.22. Never mind. Oops. All these regulations do not... All these regulations refer to things that perish with use. They're simply human commands and teachings. That would have been it. Yeah, that's not too bad. But that wasn't it. Let's go to Colossians 1, uh, 19. For in him all fullness was God, all in, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. You understand that? Reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood on the cross. And you who are once estranged and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you, and this was it, to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. So, in the New Living, it says you've been made holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And much like Ephesians 2, 8, you're saved by grace, not by works. This was another one of those scriptures where I was like, oh, what do you mean? I've been made holy and blameless? And then, I mean, because I grew up listening to songs like holiness, it's what I long for. Holiness is what I need. <laughs> so I was like, I gotta be holy. I gotta be perfect. I gotta have my shit together. You know, that's what I thought. I thought this search for holiness was the thing. I didn't know that I'd been made holy and blameless. I didn't know that. You know, no matter what your thought is on atonement theory, uh, Paul believed the in, in atonement theory. I struggle with it because I don't think God needs blood or flesh, in my personal opinion. But that's another talk for another day. Um, 
but I like the I, I like the 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 cover. I like the idea of what this covers, and that we've been made holy and blameless and irreproachable before God. Now it says, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith. Now that one was goes like, oh wait a second. But what it's saying is, is that you don't drift away from the assurance you received. Is what it means. Is that you've you're assured. You've been assured. You've been told. You're loved. You're holy. You're blameless. Don't drift away from this. Don't let this become something that is foreign to you. Because that's what happens in Galatians. In all of Galatians, in the book of Galatians, is it's people who believed they were holy and blameless, people that they believed they were saved by grace, not by works, until someone came along and said, well, actually, you need to be this. And actually, you need to do this. And actually, you need to to, to celebrate certain holidays and you know ignore other ones and not eat meat to sacrifice to idols. And you should probably be circumcised and you should probably do this. And so someone came in saying all those things. And uh, and Paul's whole book about Galatians, to Galatians, uh, Galatians is about not going back into that way. Standing firm in the truth that you first received, that you're holy and blameless as you stand before God without a single fault. You know? that you're saved by grace, not by works, so no man may boast, to stand in these things firmly. And that was, that was, that's the message. That was so much of Paul's message, is, is that we stand firmly in that grace. I don't, you know, I, I teach a lot more about love lately than I do grace. And I mean, they, they both go hand in hand. But it's strange to me because grace doesn't feel as relevant as it used to. As, like, I don't feel like people are struggling with legalism or they're not asking the questions of am I accepted anymore, which is, I guess, a kind of a good thing that people are saying, you know, feeling they are accepted. Um, but my battle was always the acceptance issue. Am I good enough? Do I belong? You know? And I guess a lot of people found the answer to that is yes. And so they're asking other questions, which I think is great. Um, but I want people who are still asking the questions, of, is this Christian thing even possible for me? Or is it a bunch of rules and regulations? And I just want to say, no, it's not rules and regulations. You know, you are accepted. That which is by that's which is greater than yourself. You are accepted, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. You are accepted. Um, goes on to say, uh, provided that you continue to securely establish a steadfast faith without shifting from hope and promise that the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed by every creature under heaven, I, Paul, become a servant of this gospel. So you see, Paul was a big proponent of grace. Um, and let's go over to Romans.
Romans 3.21. Really, a little small tidbit of is this sermon that I'm preaching right now, I'm not going to lie, I've preached before. (laughs) Um, Not exactly the same way, but it was actually one of my very first. Um, Because to me it was such good news to be set free from legalism, from the law, and not the Jewish law, not Judaism, but from man's law, from the Christian law that had been made, that so many churches had set. Growing up in an evangelical church, you know, it was just seemed, it just seemed impossible to become a human being in the evangelical church. Um, I always envy the, and I know that there's a whole other set of, issues with people in the mainline denominations. (laughs) But I always envied people in the mainline church because they had grace. You know, they had this acceptance. You know, they had Martin Luther was their guy, you know. And here I stand, I can do no other grace alone, you know, faith alone, all that stuff. And we seem to have kind of pushed that away in the evangelical church. And it's tough to see even the evangelical church nowadays still things that they stick with, how they sometimes stick with particular works or particular causes, and that often those causes and those things aren't grace and aren't love. You know, I always had a dream and a vision and a hope that this evangelical church would change. And I actually thought the evangelical church was dead or dying, but obviously, given the political climate today, they're still very much alive and well. Um, unfortunately, I've these type of sermons that should be heard in the church, especially evangelical circles, aren't heard because we're usually ostracized or kicked out or, you know, just turned off, you know. So I, my hope is is that there's more people in the evangelical church who start to preach more radical grace, more radical inclusion, and uh, are able to do that and be heard. I think that's one reason I'm going to go crazy here, get ready for crazy. One of the reasons I never like was like that, had a hard time with people like Joel Olstein. What? But I'll tell you why. It's because besides his money thing, that was a little bit trippy. But some of his messages on grace that I heard were actually kind of good. And I was always, you know, surprised. Now, listen, I went to Joel Osteen's church to meet with him about why, about being affirming. And uh, I'm going to tell you that meeting didn't go so well. Okay? Um, I went with Soul Force to do that. But what I'm trying to say was is people were like, these just feel good messages, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, in the evangelical church, 
I always felt like there needed to be some better feel-good messages about love and grace. And uh, anyway, that's my two cents. I don't know. I don't listen to Joel Olstein now, so I have no idea what the guy says or what he preaches. But this was back in the day, probably 20 years ago, when I was just like, so the guy preaches feel-good shit, you know. Maybe we should learn to feel good in the church a little bit. So, but I'm not saying get rich, get, you know, my parents were big time preachers of the prosperity gospel. And I don't believe in the prosperity gospel of, you know, give money and get rich or whatever. It's not my jam, but God loves you and cares about you just the way you are is my jam. You know, and it was my mom's jam too. She would always, when she would get invited out to pride parades and stuff like that, she would lead people in, yes, Jesus loves me. You know, it was just a simplicity, simplicity message of God loves you just the way you are. And that is something that I love and I think breaks down walls and gets conversations happening and destroys legalism love destroys legalism grace destroys legalism grace says enough and legalism never says enough the law never says the word enough it just continues to just say more 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 now love can say more too you know but in a really beautiful way but love also says you're enough and allows you to see other people in a way where you can't, you can never have enough love for others. It's, it's a really beautiful course if you can, if we can effectively get on it and effectively find ways to, to allow our faith to be shaped and molded by love and by grace. We can see the scriptures in a different way we can see community in a different way. Um, we can learn to even see ourselves in a different way. Um, and that's been one of the interesting things about even my own depression is that, you know, I may question if God is there, but I don't question what God thinks about me. If God exists or doesn't exist, I might ask, yes, is God dead or alive? You know, sometimes it doesn't feel like God's there going through my dark time right now. But one of the questions I'm not asking is, is if I'm loved by that. So I'm like, well, you know, if God exists, I know I'm accepted and loved. And, you know, I think if I could pass something on to my kids and things like that, it would be that kind of idea of what of, of God. And um, my kids don't go to church, but they're only three and one, so they've got some time. I want to give them the, the choice. I want to give them the choice I never had. <laughs> not be brainwashed into into the into church that's why I was brainwashed into church 
my brainwashed by it, and my parents you know weren't the only ones teaching me so youth pastors and things like that seeing movies about the rapture and things like that <laughs> coming home during the day and not finding anybody and thinking oh god came back and i got left behind and there's nothing nothing like being nine or ten years old and thinking you got left behind by god for i don't know what not sharing <laughs> i should have shared my transformer now i've been left behind just frantically searching rooms in your house and that's when my parents practiced prosperity gospel. So there were a lot of rooms in that house to search. <laughs> Romans 21 says, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is Attested by the law, attested by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. Since all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God, they are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. So basically what we're doing here is we're just taking as a closer look at Paul's core teachings from different writings but this idea that there is now justification by his grace and his gift through the redemption of Christ Jesus and remember it says for all sinned this is Romans uh, 3.23 since all have sinned all have fall short of, a glorious, of the glory of God they are now justified by grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus so once again, it's a free gift. There's nothing you can do, nothing to brag about, nothing to boast. It's You've been taken care of by Jesus. You have been made holy and blameless. So you stand before God without a single fault. You know, saved by grace, not by works. No person, you know, no reason to brag. And this is for everyone. Uh, 25 goes on to say, Whom God has put forward as a sacrifice of atonement. By his blood effective through faith. He did this to show the righteousness because of his divine forbearance. He had passed, now listen to this, this is interesting. He passed over the sins of previous committed. I've always thought that was interesting. The, you know, basically saying those who sinned and passed were omitted and passed over. Well, that's a heck of an inclusionist way of thinking and seeing things. Not a verse I ever really talked about that often with I mean not that I talked that verse I never heard growing up and a verse that when I remember going to events where I was on panels talking about grace I'd bring that verse up and the panels would get really quiet no one would talk about it yeah so sins previously committed were passed over alright anyway we'll go and I'm going to go on too right now just for time's sake It was to prove at, a, at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of boasting? This is Paul again saying the same thing. It is excluded. So what becomes of us bragging about? What becomes of us talking about what we've done to be saved? It's excluded. By what? Law. By that of works? It goes on to say no. 
but by the law of faith. For we hold the person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. Now we can talk about what is faith. And that's a tough one too because I believe it's beyond belief. I believe faith is closer to hope. At least a relative of hope. Cousins. (laughs) Because hope is for something you haven't seen yet. And we talked about love and God and God is love. We talked about that last week. And it talked about how we, when we love God, what do we love? We love others. Because how can we love a God that we haven't seen? So we love others. So faith in something that we've not seen is very close to hoping. We have hope. I like that. Um, because it also opens up, uh, it's, it allows for that our area of doubt in our lives. Because I believe that doubt is definitely an element of faith. Uh, at least that's what uh, Paul Tillich said. That it's not the opposite of faith, but it's an element of faith. And uh, people often want to think that doubt doesn't have a place in, f- in faith, but I believe it does. Despite what James says, and James has a few things to say about doubt, but we're not going to preach that today either. Um, for we hold on that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. Or is it, or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one and he will justify the circumcised in the, on the grounds of faith, the same as the uncircumcised through that same faith, do we then overthrow the law by faith? By no means of contrary we uphold the law so really what it's saying is the law becomes fulfilled through grace you know can we forget about the law of course not only when we have faith can we truly fulfill the law can we be made right and that is through grace and grace is a lot of different things seen as unmerited favor undeserved favor is one that's often used but I've heard a lot of different amazing definitions of grace. And I guess my definition is is you're accepted. Grace is acceptance. And is one of my favorite sermons on grace is you are accepted by Paul Tillich. I read it once, and unfortunately, I think it got deleted off of, because I tried to repost it a few weeks ago, and I think it was deleted, and we lost it forever, because everyone was like, I see the post, but I hear no sermon, (laughs) and so I might have to reread it again, and to give you an idea, for me, reading is tough because I've got dyslexia, but and because I'm not a big editor, don't know how to edit very well. I had to read the whole, I read the whole thing through. So when that means when I messed up reading it, I stopped the recorder, started over again 
for that sermon. So that I don't know why. I mean, I'm going down rabbit holes all day today. Oh well, you guys get the idea, right? Yeah, grace. You're accepted. You're loved. No bragging. No boasting. Um, God doesn't hate you. God doesn't think you're a mistake. Um, and my idea of that sermon was is it says you're accepted. You may not change. You may not grow. You may not know more or think you know more. But you are accepted. So accepted by that which is greater than yourself. And it goes on and just goes on and on and on and says that I ended one of my uh, one of my books with a portion of that sermon because I thought it was so powerful of the idea of acceptance and love. And I don't think we can be reminded of that enough of our justification and our our hope. So I hope you find hope in that because I find great hope in that. And um, I'm going to end with a prayer. Lord, I thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Uh, I just ask that you'd help us each accept that we're accepted. And uh, it's a tough battle, tough road to to, to go down. And uh, I just ask for the grace to have that grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Revolution is a nonprofit, and uh, we survive through donations. So if you uh, like what you hear, hear what you like, um, you're, you're listening online and you'd like to give, you can go to revolutionchurch.com and go to the donation button, um, which is our Tumblr site. We're on Tumblr. And uh, till we can get a real website one day. And uh, you can also go to Facebook and uh, the Revolution Church Facebook page and don't hit the donation button there. But as always, we'd much rather have you than your money. So know that. So thank you so much for listening. This is Revolution Church. <laughs>